Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and I'm pleased to be joined by the 16th Command Chief of OSI, Chief Master Sergeant Karen Byrne-Flint. Chief, as always, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much, sir, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> now, uh, uh, about being excited to be here, this is uh, an exciting time to be in OSI as well, and it's an unusual time, obviously, with COVID-19, you know, the pandemic uh, taking uh, root everywhere, it seems. Uh, but a couple of months ago, in an email, uh, to the command you wrote as the command chief resiliency does not happen by accident that it takes work yes, now sir. that said how would you define resiliency during COVID-19 so so in, it's a great question resiliency the definition hasn't changed and just to make sure we're all on the same page uh, resiliency is our ability to respond or cope to stress mm -hmm. or our capability to recover yeah um, it is not about how much we can handle it but the tools that we have in our in our tool bags to be able to deal with whatever is coming our way, whether it's bad stress or good stress. Um, and of course, the Air Force defines um, resiliency in our four pillars. So we have spiritual, physical, mental, and social. And those right. are the areas that we need to ensure that we have strength in, mm -hmm. in order to manage whatever happens. Mm -hmm. What is different now is not necessarily our resiliency, but how we cope to what's happening around us right. and the ways that we do that have changed because oh, yeah. a lot of times if you know we're stressed out we go talk to people well early onset of this we couldn't we couldn't see the people that we may may need to talk to right our right. counselors right. our our you know our pastors sure I mean we have our family but even our co-workers we were separated so yeah. we had to yeah. find a new ways to build those yeah. those resiliency tools that we were so used to, to overcome having. those distances yeah absolutely yeah. so it's not necessarily defining it differently it's just how we've coped with it differently and mm -hmm. I and I think we've we've done a great job at figuring out better ways to do business under this new this new environment right now uh, in your travels throughout the command chief uh, what are some of the specific examples of resiliency that have really impressed you and I know that there there are a litany but uh, I, I know this you have a handful there oh yes sir there's there's so many I, I have to tell you Wayne like um, early on I was making phone calls it took me about two months and I called just about every superintendent and enlisted SAC we had even our civilian SACs in OSI right, and, right. and wanted to know how they were doing and the things that our agents are doing are things that our airmen excuse me are doing um, just brought tears to my eyes really? um, so for example like one one situation where a SAC learned that one of his airmen was having a specific issue and so he brought the he brought it back to the entire team mm -hmm. and as a family they work through these issues together. Um, and that's something yeah. that maybe would not have happened before yeah. um, because we would have just dealt with it the way we've always dealt with it. But because this individual is isolated, they they reached out to their to their, their special agent in charge mm -hmm. and the special agent in charge brought it to the OSI family and they worked yeah. through it as a, as a team. Wow. Um, another another uh, example that I had was, and I was even a part of this, there was a myriad of fitness challenges going on. Right. Because one of the first things that had impact is our ability to work out. Like uh -huh. our gyms got closed and our, <laughs> you know, and we weren't able right, to do right. PT anymore. Right, right. Um, and so I was just astonished about how many different ways people can compete with each other uh, in, in fitness. And that's, that's, that's not only one of our resiliency tools is, is our fitness level, but it's also with stress management and it yeah, keeps us healthy yeah, yeah. Uh, I got sucked into the burpee challenge <laughs> at a pack app which was a lot of fun yeah. but it was a lot of work and sure. there was push-up challenges and step challenges and mile challenges I mean I was just really impressed on how well 
um, you know, our, our agents came together to make sure that we were staying resiliency right. fit. Right. And you probably had a good time. Oh, uh, it was, well, <laughs> it, it was fun after. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, I did a push-up challenge. That was a little bit easy, but the burpee burp challenge was pretty tough. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, it just kept, fo folks were moving and were very competitive, and it kept us engaged. Yeah. So there was a lot of different ways that that really supported our resiliency as, as human beings. And, and, uh, and I don't know if people realize how impactful that actually was. Oh, yeah, I bet, I um, bet. And the last example I'll share with you is recently after the George Floyd, right. um, these critical conversations. Um, you know, I, I triggered a few myself, but sure. then after um, after my conversations of you know, let's talk, I'll listen. Mm -hmm. uh, the the regions and the directorates and the center um, they just took off on their really? own. And some of the conversations that they're having, um, you know, are are leading to to um, more trusting environments, yeah. more open environments, yeah. and they're bringing bringing things up that we may never had the courage to talk about before. Sure, sure. And so, and that, of course, you know, I, you know, it's it's under this COVID. I mean, it's just <laughs> new ways of doing business and, right. and dealing with problem sets that we might not have had to deal with before if it wasn't if it wasn't for the pandemic. Right. So. Well, one thing I found pretty impressive, Chief, and I'm sure you did too, was uh, uh, during this challenging time. Uh, you know, they find ways around things, new workarounds, but uh, there was no degradation in the efficiency of doing their mission. No, I mean, the mission was still way up there. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, and I even had that conversation with one of our superintendents. You know, they said, Chief, you know, there's no handbook for this. Right. And I'm like, well, thank God, because <laughs> if there was a handbook for how to deal with this COVID, then we would have just looked it up in the book and done whatever the book told us to do. Yeah. But the fact is, there isn't a handbook. And our agents figured out how to get it done. Mm -hmm. And they went above and beyond and knocked it out of the park. And, and, and the you know, not only utilizing, you know, like whoever thought of a, a virtual, you know, scavenger hunt, like yeah, whoever thought yeah. to do that, <laughs> right? Or, or you know, you know, happy hours, you know, on zoom with the units yeah, or yeah. you know doing things you know how to, to go after our investigative or you know investigative mission set or how to do surveillance training yeah you know like yeah. we've really taken it up a, 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 you know a notch above what we would have ever done before mm -hmm. and so i think the fact is that we have the best and brightest airmen the air force or our country has to give uh -huh. and these guys there is nothing you we can we can give them any challenge they're going to get over it they're going to figure out a way to get the mission done no matter what yeah. they don't need us either we, we just kind of stand in their way half the time <laughs> so i'm glad that we Let them do their thing yes if we if we gave them a handbook that would have been a limitation but the fact is yeah. they just figured it out and now they're telling us a better way of doing business sure so sure. there's so many lessons learned that that we're coming out of this and it's not coming from the top it's coming from the field on what we should be doing how to do things better how to connect with each other better right and so yeah we, right. we have amazing airmen very very cool now chief in august of 2019 well before uh, covid 19 became the quote-unquote new normal OSI established Operation Developing R300, or DO300 for short, yes, to uh, ultimately change the culture of the command to a more connected, communicative, and trusted family. What's the significance of the title DO300 uh, for our uh, new listeners? Uh, that may be a, a new phrase for them. That's a, that's a great question. This is something near and dear to my heart. So DO300 is our resiliency platform that we talk about. It's really aligned with our line of effort number one which is developing an exceptional force and this is the heart of developing exceptional force but developing our 300 where we got that from is well if you're familiar with 300 which are the Spartan warriors hmm. which um, were in Greece around 400 BC uh, back then the Spartan warriors were the most fear 
the most fearless warriors in the land. Their enemies were terrified of them, and their people absolutely adored them. Yeah. Uh, they were revered by all. Um, they were the most elite fighting force. Um, actually, um, I did. I was reading one research paper, and it actually claimed that this was the first fighting force um, to be to recognize spycraft and infiltration, which I found to be oh. very interesting. Yeah. So there are a lot of similarities. There's a lot of dissimilarities between us and the Spartans. Yeah. But um, some of the things that I really appreciated about that, um, I picked out. So, for example, um, with the Spartan 300, uh, if, when they went to war, um, if those soldiers showed up, they would have their helmet, they would have their, their breastplates, they would have their sword, mm -hmm. and they would have their shield. Right. Uh, but, the, you know, if they showed up without their helmet, not a big deal. They're all going to war. If they showed up without their spear, okay, it sucks for you, we're still going to war. Yeah. But if they yeah. showed up without that shield, now uh -huh. there was a problem because now they let the team down uh -huh. because the helmet protects the individual right. the sword the shield uh, the sword protects the individual right. but that shield protects the family because uh -huh. when they get in trouble it's not only used for self-protection but they hold it up over their head and they create a barrier so when the bows and arrows are coming down at them they're protecting the entire family uh -huh. and that is the yeah. most important piece of equipment yeah. And that shield was carried down from generation to generation. It was one of the most important things in those families. Yeah. Um, and so, and of course, once a Spartan warrior, always a Spartan warrior. Sure. And so once sure. an OSI, you're o whether you're, you're a, whether you're a 7S <laughs> or not, right? Once you're in an OSI family, you're always in the OSI yeah. family. Yeah. And so that shield represented the commitment they had to one another. And so that became very powerful in understanding that DO 300 is about a commitment to each other, a commitment see. to ourselves and a commitment to each other. Uh -huh. And where did we get the DO 300 from? Well, I didn't make up the 300. I mean, it's when I did the research, it was fascinating how much that I wanted to take from that. Yeah, but yeah. General Goldfein, who was the, the chief of staff, or number 22 chief of staff, right, right. while he was the CFAC, um, until his retirement, he called his OSI his 300. Because while he, we were in the Middle East, the things that we did, because we are small, because we are elite, um, and he was able to give us any challenge, and we over always overcame it, ah, because okay. that the the Spartan the Spartans were known for defeating much bigger adversaries yeah, than their yeah, own, because yeah. they were so well trained, and they're so tactical mm -hmm. that it didn't matter who they're up against, um, and so that's so he called us his his three hundred. And wow. he would always re refer to us, how's my 300 doing? Right. And that became like a badge of honor for us. So right. understanding that that's the way our chief of staff looked at us, right. well, I might as well develop them further. So that's where you got <laughs> the DO 300. The story behind the story. That's the story behind the story. There you go. Uh, chief, now it's about a year or so later. What's the status of the program uh, as it relates to resiliency in, uh, in COVID-19? So, you know, it started out, We did. It's, it's been a little bit over a year since the general um, you know, started. We started the DO 300, uh, and it and it started because General Golfin wanted. We we had the resiliency the resiliency stand down. Um, we needed to take a look. He wanted his Air Force to take a look at um, how we can better support our airmen and prevent suicide. Right. Um, right. And when the general and I sat down and started thinking through, we realized that one day out of the year is not going to ever prevent suicide. And, you know, I yeah. learned, you know, I, I did a lot of, you know, when I first came in OSI, I was part of the pr protective service detail at Bowling Air Force yeah. Base. Yeah. And so one of the things that I, I never forget out of driving training, when I went through the driver's training course, uh -huh. um, one of the instructors said, whatever you're looking at, you're going to hit. 
when you're yeah when oh. you're driving that's why a lot of times if people are staring at a tree they're going to hit the tree yeah. if you're staring at the bumper in front of you you're going to hit the and bumper because they're so front. focused on because it? that's what you're focused yeah. on yeah. and so what i learned from that is you need to look where you want to be don't look where you don't want to go right and that's the way life is too. Okay. When we when we look to something, if it's a negative, we're going to go to the negative. But if we look to yeah. where we want to be, the state that we want to be in, that's where we're going to go. Right. And so I don't want to look at suicide because I don't want to go there. Yeah. I want to look at a healthy, vibrant, resilient, lethal force mm -hmm. that is not afraid to reach out for help when they need it, um, that feels trusted and safe in the environments they work in. And so yeah. that's where we really want to go with this. And so we recognize that one day a month isn't going to be enough. Yeah. Well, one day a year is not going to be enough. Sure. Maybe one sure. day a month, maybe. But this needs to be a culture. Yeah. And since last year, since COVID, actually, this has become more of an ethos for us. Okay. While we still have a day that we can, one day a month that we can focus on the OSI family members, that yeah. we can focus on what is going on interpersonally and right. what do we need to be healthy and safe in our detachments and our flights. Yeah. yeah. Um, this has become an everyday, an everyday occurrence mm -hmm. of what am I doing today to make sure that I'm healthy and that yeah. the airmen standing to my left and to my right are healthy. Uh, what are we doing to ensure that we're getting the help that we need? Right. Uh, it's an expectation that we can ask for help because this job has a lot of misery and yeah. there is no expectation that we handle it by ourselves sure. um, and that we are building these these environments of trust mm -hmm. uh, and respect and open communication and in order to do that you know we need the do 300 to cultivate these relationships and have hard conversations yeah, so yeah. in the in the time in the event that i need to take a knee or i need to talk about something that's really stressing me out right i feel i'm in a safe enough environment to do that and that's where I think we've, we're coming. We have, we have a lot more work to do in this area. This yeah. is a culture shift. But I think from a year ago, and I think COVID really sped things along, and, and of course our critical conversations after uh, the death of George Floyd, I think right. we have come a long right. way, and we've really started to build that connective tissue with trust and respect and open communication in our work centers. Very good. Uh, now, Chief, when talking about uh, resiliency, and you just mentioned it, the word connection seems to go hand in hand. Uh, what type of connection are we talking about? and how important it is uh, for the resiliency of OSI as, as an organization. So there's a, there's a few different ways um, that we need to connect to be healthy, um, to be to find joy, to be resilient. Um, the first is we really, really need to be able to connect with ourselves and understand what do we need. You know, what is our bodies asking for? What is our minds asking for? Right. Um, and so that that is a very important connection. That's why our people are our weapon system. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to stay lethal, my weapon system needs to stay healthy and they need to understand yeah. what's important to themselves. What is their priorities? Right. Um, and so connection to themselves is very important. Of course, connection with their family members, um, you know, because this job can carry you away. I mean, oh, yeah. it can take yeah. you and, and if you don't control the job, this job will control you in a second. Mm -hmm. And so you need to make sure you have strong connections with your family because that is the, that is like your foundation, whether yeah, it's yeah. significant others, you know, moms and dads and brothers and sisters, girlfriends and boyfriends, whoever it is, that that connection is extremely important. Yeah. And then finally, because you're, you know, you have your biological family, your loved ones back at home, right. but then you have your OSI family. Yeah. Your extended family. Your extended family, <laughs> right? And those connections are vitally important right. because that's how we're gonna create. Just like at home, you wanna have that safe environment well, you want to, we need to be safe at work because of the negativity and the things that we see and do every single day, the only way 
to go back at that negative is to bring more positive. Sure. And so those relationships at work need to be healthy, need to be a safe place that we can work and, and live because we're there more than half of our day. Yeah. And those connections yeah. are just as important than the other two types of connections. Sure. Makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, Chief, in your very first commentary to the command, you wrote, and I'll quote here, everything we do in OSI touches someone's life, unquote. Uh, how has that uh, taken on an added importance during the pandemic? So what I was referring to is the gravity of the work that we do. And it doesn't matter if you are, you know, administrator, a personnelist, an agent, a cyber guy, an analyst, um, it, wherever you are in the, in, in, uh, in the Air Force, everything that we're doing is going to touch someone else's life. We're either protecting someone right. or we are going to be uh, putting someone behind bars right. or targeting someone. I mean, so there's a lot of responsibility there. Sure. Uh, under COVID, um, especially when we were, you know, when we were, and even to this day, because in onset, we were very much isolated, locked down our homes, we couldn't yeah, go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so not only were we still working, because we're all now working, you know, teleworking. Yeah, but yeah. now we're also having our kids at home and our spouses are home. Uh, and even to this day, we're so now- So many things added to the mix. So many things, right? Yeah. And so now we have a lot of homeschooling going on. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of parents that are trying to homeschool their children and then of course fit in their their mission. Yeah, yeah. And, and how is that working? And that is exceptionally stressful. Um, so there's an impact there as well. I mean, because again, everything that we do touches someone, right. it has an impact on someone. And then sometimes that someone is our families. Right. And so we need right. to be aware of that. Um, and, yeah. and not that the mission has to stop because I'm gonna tell you, our adversaries are looking to bring us down. Yeah. Our adversaries want us to fail. They want this country to fail. Uh, and, and we are the first line to that. Even it's, though this is a worldwide pandemic, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're looking at stuff like this. Yes, they want to take advantage and they're looking for the weak spots and, and we can't allow that to happen. Um, and so I need to keep the weapon system strong. And so we have to be in tune with what's going on around us and, and, and understand that, you know, yes, um, what we do is vitally important, but we need to be, be able to take care of ourselves and our families in yeah. order to allow us to have the strength to go forward and do those things. Yeah, very good. Uh, Chief, how do you see the organizational values of having a hunter's mindset, uh, trust, and taking calculated risks uh, helping OSI folks uh, focus on resiliency during this extremely challenging time? So, you know, this is important because it's all intertwined, Wayne. Everything is intertwined. Yeah. So hunting is something that we, that's like one of our little, you know, one of the things that OSI, we say, we've been saying it for years, right? right? right. We have to have a hunter's mindset. <laughs> and, and, right. and for agents, that means we're going to go after and catch bad guys. Yeah. Um, but for, for others, it could mean the same thing or it can mean being proactive, going after and finding problems and then being you know, really proactive in finding solutions and right, going right. after things without being told what to do. It's, mm -hmm. you know, about being assertive and, yeah. and, uh, and, not, and not just status quo. Um, but hunting is dangerous, right? If, even if you think of it as, you know, hunting, you know, hunting animals or hunting, yeah. you know, like the hunter is in a very vulnerable position yeah. because they're putting a lot of trust into certain things, whether it's their equipment mm -hmm. or another person, yeah. right? So hunting is is very risky. There's and always an element of uncertainty there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you're going to put yourself out there and what's going to happen? And that's where the risk taking comes in because when you're going to go hunt, you have to be willing to take risk. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play it safe, you're probably not going to be very, success, right. very successful right. at hunting. And so they're, they're kind of go hand in hand. 
And so if you want me to go out there and hunt for something, and that means I'm gonna have to take a risk because I'm gonna have to, I wanna either come up with an idea that may never have been done before, right. or I'm going to maybe voice my opinion on something because sure. I don't, I believe this process doesn't work correctly yeah, and yeah. it may not be a popular opinion. Right. If I'm gonna put myself out there, that means I am now vulnerable to, for failure, for rejection, um, to be told, you know, shut up in color. Yeah, and, yeah. and so if I don't trust my environment, I am not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to take the risk and I'm not going to be as successful hunting because I don't trust my environment. Right. And so DO300 is, again, at the foundation of building sure. this trust and respect because when I know that my boss has my back, I am absolutely willing to go out there and do whatever I need to do to be successful. When I know as a supervisor, as, a, as the superintendent, as a detachment commander, as a flight chief, as a commander, that my people understand the left and right boundaries, that they know what the mission is, and they have really good vision, mm -hmm. I'm gonna trust that they've got the best interest in mind and they're gonna go after it. And if they don't get it right, I'm good with that um, because we fail forward. Sure, um, sure. And so that's really, you know, when it comes, you know, bases on resiliency because you're gonna have good days and you're gonna have bad days. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's the same, again, it's that foundation of trust is the same you know, the same foundation. I don't want to yeah. keep, keep repeat right. my words. No, no, but, that's fine. Um, but that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the foundation, yeah. and then everything we, is built upon that. And yeah. so um, I think that that, you know, the, the focus of having the hunter's mindset, trusting and taking risk, um, and I think they've we've allowed them to do that because of the the things that they have done during COVID. Right. Um, is, is phenomenal. So. It is, it is. Chief, uh, when COVID-19 is finally behind us in our rearview mirrors. Hopefully that'll be sooner instead of later. Uh, what lessons do you envision the OSI family learning from the new normal? Hopefully that'll be the old normal after a while. So there are, there are so many lessons. And the one thing, and I, and I did bring it up earlier, is you know as, as, our, as our airmen went out and came up with better ways of doing business and how to get the mission done, mm -hmm. um, when they said, you know, and I've gotten this question when I've, um, been talking to the field they've asked me well chief what's going to change after covid and what are the lessons learned mm -hmm. and and so my my question to them is you tell me what are the lessons that have learned because you tell me what's working better tell me right. what what um you, you're doing now that you've never done before that's very impactful sure what are you not doing anymore that you don't maybe we don't need to be doing ever again mm -hmm. because we haven't done it in the last six months yeah and so we, what we're doing now is collecting all of the feedback from the field. And we've got over 600 items that the field has given wow. to us and our <laughs> new L2 shop. Yeah, that we're, we're working through it all, trying to figure out, okay, we've gotten all this feedback, all these lessons learned, how to organize it and put it in, you know, and make changes. Chief, when you say an L2 shop, again, for someone- Lessons new, learned. Lessons learned shop. Yes, okay, sir. there we go. And so. so, but what I can tell you is that off the top, we learned how to connect with one another in ways that we've never learned before. Oh yeah, there, we have never, as a command, come together globally in one platform, ever. Uh, now, Facebook, the general and I have done some Facebook live events, and that's great. But that tends to be one-way communication. Oh yeah, like you can yeah. type in your messages, yeah. but it's yeah. just us talking to you. Right. Um, but with the Zoom platforms and the Teams platforms. Um, and some of these other different platforms, we are now able to connect with everybody in the world, um, all OSI globally at one time and have conversations. We've yeah. never been able to do that before. Um, we have learned 
that we can overcome pretty much anything life throws at us. Um, without that's a, that's a pretty good position to be in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, whatever it is, you know, you give it to OSI and we're gonna overcome it. We're gonna figure a way to do it and get it done. And finally, I think we learned that we're agile. Mm -hmm. You know, we are yeah. a force that can change on a dime. Um, and we're small and we're mighty and we have earned every second of that D, of that uh, 300 that General Goldfein gave us long ago when, when he saw us working in the Middle East because every, every no matter where you are in the world, we, we can turn on a dime and we can get the mission done and you're going to have the best and brightest airmen doing it. So. And that's a tremendous way to end this podcast <laughs> on a very, very positive, upbeat <laughs> note as a, as, a, as a command chief would. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Our guest has been uh, uh, Office of Special Investigations Command Chief, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Karen Byrne Flint. Chief, as always, thanks again for joining us today. Oh, I really you appreciate so much, you joining sir. us. I appreciate it. And thank all of you for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now. <laughs>